This is Crumbs of Genius, the podcast which picks the brains of the experts to find out how to earn more in a food business. Brought to you by Preppet Food Management Software. Simplify your food business at gopreppet.com. In this episode, we discuss innovation and the future of the food service industry. To do just that, my expert guest is renowned chef and all-round food service guru, uh, John McFadden. Thanks for joining me, John. Uh, Thanks, Tim. Nice to be here. Uh, Now, John, now your experience is so extensive and impressive that it's hard to sort of distill in a sentence or two. So I'll put a link to our website, um, which has got a great article on your background, but just as a brief overview, um, we're talking sort of more than 38 years experience now in the industry, um, working in many different uh, roles and all types of uh, food businesses. Um, you're currently working with Good Drop uh, Oils and you're also the national chairman of judges for the chef of the year at uh, Food Service Australia. And you're passionate about mentoring, education, and leadership development within the food service industry. So when chatting with someone with such extensive experience such as yourself, I've got to ask, uh, what are the key elements um, of a successful uh, food business? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, I think I think people getting into a food business um, first and foremost um, needs to have an understanding of the hospitality industry and great business acumen. Um, also, including the chef, because at the end of the day, the chef is buying product and raw materials for the restaurant, spending companies' money, um, and then they need to how to they need to understand how to generate profit out of that for for the restaurant or that partnership. Um, You should be able to compare food costs and labour costs, understand gross margins and profits, um, and do your research prior to opening your outlet to make sure your location's right, your target market is the market that you're after with your food offering. Um, You know, and at the end of the day, we tend to ignore some of those, and you need to stay fluid. You know, don't wait for things to happen make them happen. Otherwise, it could be it could be too late by the time you decide to make the decision if, if the tides change. You know, haggling with venues, uh, with vendors, suppliers, getting best price on ingredients and produce and making sure you're keeping them on their toes. Um, you know, managing staff and executing restaurant operations. You know, the front of house of team is just as vitally important as the back of house of team. Everyone needs to stay aligned and on the same page to deliver the philosophy of that restaurant. I think one of the biggest challenges we see in restaurants is a lot of people do come and go. And I guess what is the core essence of that restaurant and who's driving that, you know, because you know, chefs at the end of the day always want to put their stamp on a menu, which is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Um, as long as it fits with the food concept and the philosophy of that restaurant. Um, so there needs to be a buy-in and a partnership, I guess, between uh, the restaurateur um, and the people that work with within that business. Um, yeah, and at the end of the day, without a doubt, great food and service is a no-brainer. You know, signature dishes, quality service tends to be one of the biggest draw cards of bringing and retaining customers um, back into your um, restaurant and staying relevant. You know, food trends are moving and evolving frequently. You know what I mean? And um, you know, you always got to stay ahead of the game in that respect and, and change it up for your regular customers. At the end of the day, signature dishes will always remain. Um, but I think you know that versatility and dynamic in a menu um, is is a great draw card. Um, understanding your margins um, also in your business, you know, margins with its recipe costing. Um, one of the biggest things I see in restaurants is 
um, poor management of stock on hold. You know, we can do a stock take each week or stock take each month, but those chickpeas are sat there for six months, but they don't feature on the menu anywhere. But we're paying someone to do the stock take and to the data to tell us we've still got the stock, yeah, the, the chickpeas, but we haven't turned them into a dish to put cash in the till. Yes. So, you know, they're, 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 they're great things to, um, to aspire towards in a successful business and make sure that it's on point, moving forward continuously. And, you know, any, any, anything that's cash derived in a business, you know, it needs to become profitable, you know, down to tea towels. How many tea towels do they, you know, the blue chucks rolls that we use each square costs a percentage of money. So, you know, you have to know the intricate bits of that business. If you want to put all those one percenters, you know, to the bottom line. And at the end of the day, I think the biggest, biggest one of all is the guest experience. You know, be polite and help, and helpful staff. Always make a deep impression to the customer. You know, deli- deliver food and beverage in a timely manner once the customers are, um, as, uh, are met, seated and greeted. You know, have that effective customer engagement that pays a vital role in the overall success of, of anyone's business. Yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. I mean, it's just I think what you're saying there about the the smaller margins, it's those little costs that just add up and add up, and you really have to be, you know, right on top of those. Um, I mean, we talk about business plans and things like that. I think you could just do a very basic outline, but just be um, sort of keep keep it relevant uh, and, and make sure you're on top of you know all aspects of the, your costing is really important. Yeah, so, and I think, I th- sorry, Tim, I'm just going to jump yeah. in there. And I think yeah, sure. one of the biggest things in business as well is transparency. Yeah. You know, like at the end of the day, you know, guys come in and girls come in, they'll cook on, you know, they'll cook food, they'll buy food, you know, the, the, the service team will serve beverage. Um, but if you keep your key players involved in the business and its performance, I think you'll get greater buying and, and better engagement. Yeah. So with, um, I mean, as, as I mentioned, you've been in the industry quite a long time now. So how are um, technology and innovation really changing the kitchen operations now? And and do you think chefs are really accommodating, accepting, or, or is there some resistance? Yeah, wow. Like if you look at over, you know, even just the last two years, the, the innovation and technology space has just gone gangbusters. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're looking at robotics in kitchens now. There's, you know, your QSR things, your ordering apps and, and it's just, it is seriously gone bananas. You know, times have changed dramatically over the years. Yeah, you know, you've got rostering systems, online ordering, inventory, stock inventory linked to recipe cards and your suppliers. And all that information is live um, and at your fingertips. I guess, I guess where the challenge is for industry and chefs is having the time to utilize that and then be hands on the pans and knocking out some, you know, pretty good food. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, this technology is there to streamline those efficiencies to allow you to have that time also. So uh, gone are the days of manually manually entering invoices into a system to get a cost of goods. It's all it can all be uploaded instantly on the on on the fly. And yeah, you have your recipe cards dovetailed into that. Yeah, you can get alerts for price movements. So, you know, if your snapper went up $5 a kilo today, you can set an alert. It will tell you, do we need to change the snapper? Do we need to, you know, pull back or change the protein? Um, so, yeah, look, there's there's a lot of things out there available to businesses for them to keep their fingers on the pulse um, in regards to innovation technology. Yeah, so the second part of that question is, are chefs accepting or resisting? Um I think it's a bit 50-50, yeah. to be honest, you know. So, you know, there's a lot of people that 
are not familiar with the technology. So change is always a big thing in any industry and how an individual business tackles that. Um, I think if people took the time to sort of research and investigate the right fit for their business, um, that could give them the sense of confidence that it will streamline and offer those efficiencies. Um, at the end of the day, I personally think it's, um, it's a small investment for, for a great outcome. Yeah, that's right. I mean, what you're saying about time is 100%. You know, they've they've got to manage that time, but but I think you've just got to see that you know investing in um, setting up those systems um, can save them time, um, sort of down the track, and and also uh, improve the margins as well. Um, just with uh, we mentioned this a little bit before, but with menu development, so how is that? process also changed um, over the years? And and where do you think it's sort of heading at the moment? I mean, we've got a lot of things like plant-based now. Are we seeing more sort of smaller, tighter menus? What, what's yeah, look, at Tim, you, you've sort of hit the nail on the head on a, on a couple of points there. Like there's there's quite a, there's quite a bit of movement in that space currently. Um, you know, with the tremendous change over the last few years with technology and innovation, you know, you've got, you know, you've got the health-conscious movement. You know, like a year or so ago, people moved from plated food to bowl food, you know, GMO-free and organic product lines, you know, and the younger generation are happy to pay a little bit more to get that healthier food option, which I think now is stimulating restaurants to, well, okay, if we move from bowl food, how, how do we introduce those health lines into our restaurant menu? So, you know, that, that will still play a part for time to come probably many different variations, um, but we have to understand that it came from bowl food, which will then go out into sort of other, other areas. Um, and I believe that will stick around for a while. You know, we've still got the ethnic preferences. You know, we've gone through the whole tacos and sous vide eggs and everything to, you know, the latest being Middle Eastern and Pan-Asian food, um, which is, you know, from different countries is gaining a lot of, a lot of traction, not just here, but globally also. Um, you know, to, to have the opportunity to have a curry, a bar me and a tempura all in one place, you know, that's quite exciting for quite a few people. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, once again, that, that ethnic background and, you know, there's, there's a lot of that in our food offerings um, here. Um, to the point you just raised earlier, you know, smaller menus are dominating at the moment, obviously, um, with what's happening in the industry, with um, the shortages of chefs or skills or whatever that may be. You know, long menus create difficulty and trying to offer something for everybody rather than doing a few things really, really well. Um, and I think diet diners are moving away from the long menus. Um just, just because I think there's a sense of low quality that is associated with that as well. Like trying to be overly ambitious, can't really do everything fantastic. It's okay, but it's not great. Um, and the luxury of smaller menus, as we know, comes with, um, you know, it can trim down your food costs, and minimizes wastage, streamline your inventory management, reduce foods, uh, food waste. You know, and it also allows the team to be made more proficient in those menu items and, in essence, improve food quality. Yeah. Um, the launch of the QR code. Wow, wow, what a revelation in the last two years. You can order at the table, you can pay at the table. Yeah. Once again, efficiency. It's fast, it's immediate, it's instant. And we're now, in a, we're, we're now in a society where we want everything now. You know what I mean? Like if we look at the younger generation, it's all instant. It's all done on apps, it's all done on mobiles. And uh, restaurants, obviously with COVID in particular, was really the launch of, of the QR code, you know, service deliveries, you know, and, and what have you. So 
And that's driving so much more efficiency into businesses. You know, the pop-up kitchens, I think they'll still be around in, in different formats. You know, it's a, it's, a great, it's a great way to introduce a customer base with your signature offerings to get them back to your mainstream restaurant. So I think in different shapes and forms, that will still be around. We've sort of, you know, the food trucks have been there, but I think the pop-ups will still be sort of an exciting little venture. Um, ghost kitchens, hot topic, a hot talking point of late, um, 12 months or so, providing delivery, um, delivery only. Yep. Structure means lower overheads, no service staff, and the delivery only ordering trend is changing the way the industry works. Um, what's interesting is that a lot of brands, imagine changing your approach with customer service and brand management without ever meeting the customer. Like it's, it's, it's quite an interesting model. It is, um, yeah. But the amount of people that are just looking for this ghost kitchen to do what they do very well and just deliver it straight home. And through through what we've experienced over the last 12 to 18 months, a lot of people are now eating at home and and having that dining experience at home. Sure, you've got your QSR restaurants, got it, but if they want the restaurant experience, that is now available too through these platforms. Um, Delivery options, it's been a game changer with all our Uber Eats and Deliveroo's and what have you. And we had our own pizza joints many years ago that used to do it themselves and yeah and I think once again getting back to your first question about your business is understanding well we've been through what we've been through so how do we take advantage about what we've learned as to do we have a delivery platform what suits us best what maintains the margin that we seek Um, so that I think that'll keep moving forward at a rapid rate Um, other things strengthen your online presence um, you know, everything is through social these days, experiences, you know, whether it's Instagram or whatever that may be, Facebook pages, um, even the small businesses that have a website is quite powerful for a lot of people to, you know, just the ease of reservations and bookings and what have you. Um, green kitchens, environmental sustainability, you know, I mean, people moving away from plastic to biodegradable products. There's, there's a lot of talk in that space. You know, even, even the bars have recently moved away from the plastic straws. They're all now changed that. They're not on the bar anymore. So, you know, a lot of lessons to be learned there. And then, of course, the rise of vegan cuisine, plant-based yes. products, plant-based, plant-based yes. proteins. You know what I mean? It's, it's, every, it's everything we were talking about probably two years ago. Well, it's here and it's not going to go away in a hurry. Yeah. Um, and even some of your top-end restaurants are now incorporating that. Yeah. through their menus and, and what have you. So, yeah, look, it's a pretty dynamic space. There's a lot happening out there, and I think that's what's so fantastic. It's evolving in so many different areas. Um, but, I, you know, sort of getting back to your first question is understand your business model and find out how these applications best can be best represented um, in your offering. Yeah, perfect. So you do a lot of work as well with um, mentoring and, and with, you know, younger chefs coming through. So sort of how are they shaping up, um, you know, and, and, and how are they embracing this, these changes? And what, is, what do you think the industry uh, looks like for them? Yeah, look, that's um, that's the million dollar question. Hospitality at the moment, gosh, let's face it. You know what I mean? It's um, it's been quite devastating, obviously, with the closure of internationals, um, yes. which sort of backfill a lot of positions within industry. Um, look, for me, at the end of the day, we've had an issue in hospitality with. You know, I don't want to say skill shortages, but just general people shortages um, in industry because skills is something you can train somebody on or with. Um, 
I'd like to think that we're not self-reliant only on internationals. I'd like to think that we, you know, we have quite a bit of talent here in our own country. Um, you know, there's a lot of young kids out there that I think need um, a lot of mentoring, a lot of coaching, a lot of teaching. And what I'd like to see sort of personally and professionally is that as a whole industry, employers included, that we all get together, probably overhaul the entire hospitality program from high school right through to obviously qualification. And that needs an investment from everybody, mm. not just our oh, TAFE churning out these people and they're not great and the curriculum's outdated. And it's, it's easy to sit there and throw stones, but unless we all get one governing body together that represents all these industries, you know, I want to see the apprenticeship scheme brought back in where people are brought to an apprenticeship screen, scheme, they go into work placement, and that development plan still happens between employer and the student or the apprentice. They don't just get dropped in and then little Jimmy's on larder for a year and a half and washing pots and going nowhere. And because they're going nowhere, we pull them out and we plug them somewhere else because we're doing little Jimmy and Sarah a disservice in industry. And that's where I'd like to think employers and, I guess, education, we need to be closer knitted and united to create, you know, a wonderful opportunity in the exciting industry because I think we've sort of lost our way a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we need to get everybody back on track because it is a rewarding industry. Yes, we've had the stories of long hours and da-da-da-da, and I'd like to think the industry has changed that. There's some employees out there doing a magnificent job in that space. And hopefully technology also- will also come into that space and, and help to reduce those hours as well. Yeah, without a doubt. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and it, it, yeah, we, we've all been there. We've all seen it. And we've got these young kids that are, you know, technology savvy. They understand what their needs and wants are. And they've got a voice. And we mm. need to listen to that voice and work out how do we work best together? Because, mate, they're going to they're gonna outlive me. They're going to be the next generation. Yep. So what do we need to do to um, invest in that? to get the best out of this industry moving forward. Um, so I think there's there's a truckload of work to be done in that space. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you take someone under their wing and you invest in them, you know, I think you will get great mileage out of them. It may not be for everybody, but unless you give it a chance or an opportunity, you will never, never know either. Yeah, that's right. I think they, you know, as you're mentioning there, just to really show them the pathway, the, the where you can go in the industry and a clear defined pathway uh, through the industry, I think is, is really important um, just so they can see the longevity and they can see the future uh, more clearly. Um, oh, without a doubt. And the thing is in hospitality, there are so many arteries off of it. Exactly. You, know, you don't have to, you, know, you can start as a chef. It doesn't mean you finish as a chef. You've got food service, you've got sales, you've got manufacturing, you've got hospitals, and the list is absolutely endless. And I think we need to celebrate that a little bit more in our yeah. industry is that, oh, I don't want to be a chef for 30 years. Oh, it's hard work. It's like, well, most jobs are hard work. Let's face it. You know <laughs> what I mean? But we've got to make it more exciting as to what the opportunities can be. Yeah, there's lot, lots of different avenues there. Well, thank you so much, John. I really appreciate your time. Uh, if, if you'd like to contact John or, or keep up to date with his professional activities, uh, follow John McFadden on LinkedIn or Instagram. Thanks, John. Pleasure, Tim. Thank you.